Hello, sisters. I have a teaching that I had taught about four years ago from the book of Ruth that I'll be sharing with you on this podcast. It is a seven-part series, and we'll be going verse by verse through the book of Ruth. So grab your Bible or just listen while you're doing your daily tasks. Either way, the Word of God is going to get into you today. God bless you. Hey, family. Welcome to God's Word, Transforming Lives. Are you ready to dive deeper into your walk with Christ? Do you desire to learn His Word with a greater understanding that applies to your daily living? Do you feel like you're in a vicious cycle of victory and defeat? My name is Amy, and friend, I was so frustrated with my faith walk for decades. No matter what I did, I could not escape the symptoms that trauma from my childhood left me with. Not only that, I didn't seem to experience any victory that I read about in the Word of God. And even worse, I couldn't see it or experience it in my church life either. It all left me feeling even more confused and more empty. I knew Christ was the way and the truth and the life, and I knew His Word was the answer. So finally one day, I got fed up with living in defeat. And I became determined to find the Jesus of Scripture. I discovered true faith in Christ and had to unlearn much of what I had been taught. With God's Word and His Spirit, I have been free from anxiety, post-traumatic stress disorder, depression, and suicidal thoughts for almost 15 years. And I have learned a tool set to overcome my past trauma and losses. God's Word has transformed my life. If you are ready for truth and transformation, then hop into the slow cooker with me and let's marinate together in God's Word. Did you know I have a free sisterhood community of women just like you? Women who love Jesus and they love one another. They too are looking for that deeper walk with Christ and they love learning His Word. If you pause right now and click the link below in the show notes, it'll take you right to the Facebook group. We look forward to getting to know you. Now we're going to go into chapter four. Now Boaz went up to the gate and sat down there and behold, the close relative of whom Boaz had spoken came to Boaz and said, come inside, friends, sit down here. So he came aside and sat down. The, the gate is the town hall where everyone used to meet, all the elders would meet there, the men would kind of meet there. Remember in Proverbs 31, all the men at the gate say how blessed you are because of who your wife is. We still want that today. You know, we want men to know that our husbands are blessed because of who their wives are, right? And as you guys are preparing for, you know, betrothal and being mothers, you know, you want God to be preparing your hearts as Proverbs 31 women, you know, that you're going to be those dutiful wives and the dutiful mothers and that your husbands will be so blessed by having you by their side walking this life together. But that's what the town hall is. They would all get together and they would make business contracts and they would talk about towns things. But that's also where they would just do a lot of who shot John and just talking and man, do you know who his wife is? And she, he has all the fine clothes and there's always food on the table and they keep a clean house and their kids are so well made, right? That's what the Proverbs 31 where they're talking about that so that's what that is this this town's thing and he took them he took 10 men of the of the elders of the city and sat sit down here so they sat down and they said to the close relative naomi who has come back from the country of moab sold the piece of land which belonged to our brother emelech so the land needed redeemed emelech would have had land 
So he either A, sold the land before he went off to Moab, or the land was taken, I'm not sure, or Naomi's trying to sell the land now, doesn't really say, but there's a land here that needs redeemed to be put back into the Emelech family name. And I brought to inform you, saying, buy it back in the presence of the inhabitants and the elders of my people. If you will redeem it, redeem it. But if you will not redeem it, then tell me, and I may know. For there is no one but you to redeem it, and I am next after you. And he said, I will redeem it. So the guy says, yeah, I'll redeem the land. I'll go ahead. I'll buy the land. And then Boaz, Boaz throws him a little curveball here. Then Boaz said, on the day you buy that field from the hand of Naomi, you must also buy it from Ruth. In other words, you have to marry Ruth. She comes with the package. The Moabitess, the wife of the dead, to perpetrate the name of the dead through his inheritance so that there can be an heir that then brings, keeps the name of Emelech name alive. And he's like, oh, wait a minute. I thought it was just land we were talking about here. Uh, he says, and the close relative said, I cannot redeem it for myself, lest I ruin my own inheritance. Now, he didn't deny Ruth or want to marry Ruth because of who she was, that she was a Moabite woman. It's because he probably likely already had other kids, and it would have messed up the inheritance for his children because he would have been, to marry her would have meant another heir from another line, and he didn't want to mess up the inheritance that he had going on over here with his other children. And so he says, you redeem, so I run my own inheritance. I don't want to ruin my own inheritance. You redeem my right of redemption for yourself, for I cannot redeem it. Verse 7. Now this was the custom in former times in Israel. Now this was the custom in former times. When the, when the writer actually wrote this, this was no longer a custom. And that's why he's telling you this. So it wasn't a law. It was just a custom. And it says, redeeming and exchanging to confirm anything, one man took off his sandal and gave it to another. And this was a com confirmation on, in Israel. <clears throat> Therefore, the close relative said to Boaz, buy it for yourself. So he took off his sandal, and Boaz said to the elders and all the people, You are witnesses this day that I have bought the, all that was Emelech's and all that was Chilean's and Milan's, those are his sons that died, from the hand of Naomi. Moreover, Ruth the Moabitess, the widow of Milan, I have acquired as my wife, to perpetrate the name of the dead through his inheritance, that the name of the dead may not be cut off from among his brethren, and from his position at the gate, you are witnesses this day. And all the people who were at the gate and the elders said, we are witnesses. The Lord make the woman who is coming to your house like Rachel and Leah, the two who built the house of Israel. May you prosper in Ephrah and, and be famous in Bethlehem. When, he, when they refer and they're, they're, they're giving him a blessing now, they're, they're praying blessings over him. When they mention Leah and Rachel, both of them were barren at one time. And then God opened their wounds. And so they're saying, may, because she was barren. Remember, Ruth didn't have any children from her husband, and so she was technically barren. So they're saying, may the Lord open her womb like, he did, like they did Leah and Rachel. May your house be like the house of Perez, whom Tamar before to Judah, because of the offspring which the Lord will give you from the young woman. So Boaz took Ruth, and she became his wife. And when he went into her, the Lord gave her conception, and she bore a son. Suddenly she can conceive. That's what I wrote there. This woman was barren for years and could not conceive when she was in the cursed land with the disobedient husband. But now she's left all that behind and has given her life to the God of Israel, to the people of Israel, has become a virtuous woman, and God has suddenly opened her womb. 
What a beautiful testimony of redemption. What a beautiful testimony of how God has redeemed us, how Christ has redeemed us out of the curses of our old life, out of the curses of our family lineage, out of all that stuff, and has brought us into his promised land, and has brought us into his wing, and has brought us into his family now, and given us completely new natures. We're born again. Then the woman said to Naomi, the women of the village said to Naomi, blessed be the Lord who has not left you this day without a close relative and may his name be famous in Israel. Not only was Ruth redeemed, but now Naomi is redeemed. She now has an heir. She's now a grandmother. And remember when she called herself Mara? Do not call me Naomi anymore when she come back from Moab, but call me Mara for I am afflicted. For God has dealt bitterly with me. Now it's back to Naomi. She's the pleasant one. She's blessed. God's favor sits upon her once again. And so sometimes, like we talked about when we did went over chapter one, how we can be in these places and think, man, am I cursed? God, is God, is he mad at me? Has he dealt bitterly with me? But to stay focused on the present, God knows your future. Stay obedient to God. Stay under his wings. Stay on the narrow road. Continue to do what you know is right before God, and he will make all things right. He's completely restored Naomi here. And may he be to you a restorer of life. That is who Jesus is, a restorer of life. We were dead in our sins and trespasses. We had the wrath of God abiding us. We were enemies of God. And who is Jesus? A restorer of life. He brings restoration. He takes us out of, our out of that death of our sins and trespasses and gives us new life and makes us righteous and makes us holy. And we now live in him. We now have a new life. Our eyes have been opened. We're no longer blind. We can now see. Let him be a restorer of life and a nourisher of your old age for your daughter-in-law who loves you is better to you than seven sons who has bore him. The word seven there literally in the prophetic means completion. She's better to have that one daughter-in-law than to have seven blood sons. You are more blessed. Then Naomi <clears throat> took the child and laid him on her bosom and became a nurse to him. Literally the word nurse here is like foster mom. So she literally would have taken him and, and raised him because that's what this whole thing was. You know, just a new line to give Naomi that new line to bring Emelik's line out. Also, the neighbor women gave him the name saying, there is a son born of Naomi and they called him o Obed. He is the father of Jesse and the father of David. So this is literally Obed is the grandpa to David. How amazing is that? That is so awesome. King David, the man after God's own heart. This is his granddad that was just born to a Moabite woman, to a Gentile, to a Proverbs 7 that God redeemed. And let her name be forever in history, forever in man's history and in God's history. Now, this is the genealogy of Perez. Perez got begot. Hezron. Hezron begot Ram. Ram begot Emabad. Emadad begot Nashon. Nashon begot Salmon. Salmon begot Boaz. Boaz begot Obed. Obed begot Jesse. Jesse begot David. What lineage came through that? 
who comes through the line of David, the line Jesus. Jesus is born in this line. What redemption. This is literally the tribe of Judah. This is the tribe of Judah. And we just watched the tribe and how God redeemed a woman and then made her the lineage of Jesus Christ, our Redeemer. And that's what the book of Ruth is all about, is redemption, a story of redemption. Does anyone remember what the word redemption means? We're going to go back to Colossians real quick. It's to be, it's to literally be bought out of, of the slave market, to be bought out of the slave market with a purchase price. It's to purchase something, to redeem something. And so I'm going to go back to Colossians here real quick because I want to remind you guys of that redemption in our own life. We're going to go to Colossians chapter 1, starting in verse 12. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. That's our salvation. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of his love in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. Remember we talked about this when I did Colossians a couple of times now, that literally you need to picture yourselves in the old slave markets, when they used to bring the slaves over from Africa, they'd put them in the middle of the town and they would stand there and then the, then the masters would come and they would examine each slave to see, you know, how, how, how strong they were, how much work could they get out of them, how healthy they were. And then they would offer a price for the slave to then be masters of their land or to, to master them to be slaves to their land. That's what we were. We were literally slaves in a slave market. Our master was Satan, and we did all that he told us to do because of our sin nature. There was no way out. There is no way, there is no way out of that slave market. There's no one that can buy you. There's nothing that can redeem you in this earthly world. We are born in sin through Adam, Satan, it literally says that we are Satan's kids in 1 John. We are in a slave market. There's no way out. And then here comes Jesus. And he sheds his blood. And that's the purchase price. That's what it said. Satan says, oh, you want her? It's going to cost you your blood. It's going to cost you your life. And Jesus says, challenge accepted. And he gets up on that cross and he sheds his blood and he takes the full wrath of God upon himself that was afforded, that was due to us. He paid a debt we could never have paid. We could have never bought ourselves out of that slave market. We could have never worked our way out of it. We could have never earned our way out of it. It had to be a free gift. It had to come from Jesus Christ. His blood had to be shed. Someone had to pay the penalty for our sin that we did against God. And he come down and left heaven and paid the price for us. And he handed Satan his blood and said, she's mine now. She's mine. And he grabbed us up out of that slave market of sin and he put us into a new market, a new slave market, a bond slave market where he's now the master. He's the Lord. And with that comes peace and joy and protection and healing 
and love. And now we're willing slaves. We're called bond servants now. Bond servant is a willing slave, someone who wants to stay in that land, who wants God to be their master, who wants him to be their Lord, and is willing to do whatever he tells us to do, even when it doesn't feel good in the flesh. He's our Lord now. He's our master now. Remember, Jesus says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? Because he's our Lord and he's our master and he paid the price, we do what he says. We walk as he walked. We want to look like him, grow in him, mature in him. But that's what redemption is. And that's what he did is he redeemed us out of the slave market with the purchase price of his own blood. And we didn't deserve it. We deserved hell. God would have been just and, and righteous and loving even to have sent us all to hell. But instead, he redeemed us. And so when we, we're done with Ruth, you know, you single girls, I want you to understand, don't look to the men who look good, who have the cute bodies, who can provide all the material things of this world. Single ladies, look for your Boaz. Find a man whose heart is after God, whose heart is towards God. Don't get caught up in the shiny things of this world. Be very careful with men who claim to know God. Everybody's a Christian in America. And they become real Christian when they want to date you. They do. They become, oh boy, do they become Christian when they just want to get what they want. Um, I'm going to end this right here. Family, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If it has blessed you in any way, would you give me 30 seconds and share it with a friend of yours? One more small little favor, if you would, head over to whatever podcast source you're listening to this on and give me a five-star review. That would be so great. It helps get the episodes out there to other people who may be wanting to learn God's word. Again, don't forget, guys, until next time, it is a crockpot faith, not a microwave. With God's word, discipleship, and patience, you too will be transformed for his good work. Grace and peace, I leave with you until next time.